0: Hey there, sports fan, welcome to the DraftSite Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts, brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original
1: full-round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to DraftSite's 25th Podcast. You'll notice the last four, two of them are actually WNBA. And for the people who do not like the WNBA, I apologize if you got teased or fooled by the podcast. But tonight, we have an all-new podcast. We have how many days for the draft, DJ?
1: Ten days, as of right now, 240 hours, 22 minutes and 11 seconds for the first pick.
2: Now you all know. So, tonight we're going to talk about the mock draft. Uh, we just updated a new one. We've got seven rounds up there. We're going to... Uh, DJ refined the first four rounds and then we're going to finish the last three later tonight we got Zach on the call as well Zach you want to say hello hey everybody I'm
0: extra excited for the draft so I'd let everybody know
2: well I'd hope so if you're on this podcast we're going to talk about a few things and I'm going to try to limit our Tim Tebow talk because I'm sure if everyone's like me we've had enough but I know DJ wants to talk about it so we'll give him a minute right now go
1: Uh, not really Uh, I I think it's I don't know uh, A third quarterback Sure I think he's probably Better than Matt Barkley But I kind of like G.L. Kinney On that roster as well He's been on the Practice squad Uh, Yeah I I just Don't think there's a lot lot. Yeah a lot of news For a
2: guy
0: that's probably Not even going to make The team
2: Agreed Kinney I like Kinney Out of Tulsa I remember him Coming into the draft uh, He was one of my Favorite prospects That year But he was undersized So he didn't really Get much of a look Seems that the Eagles Like him
1: uh, I would, you know, keep, people keep saying so much about uh, them moving Matt Barkley and maybe Tebow a third quarterback, but I was, bring Gio Kinney up. I, I think he's a great third quarterback. I've been on the the practice squad a couple of seasons. I think he can definitely. I think he's better than both of those players.
2: So we're getting the Eagles out of the way and let's get the Steelers out of the way. Zach, you got one minute to talk about the Steelers. Go. All right, uh, Antonio Brown
0: did not show up for workouts. Uh, he thinks he deserves more money. Uh, I agree with him. He does deserve a lot of money, but the Steelers rarely renegotiate with uh, more than a year left on the contract. So it uh opens up the door for the possibility because they're picking at 22nd, which is going to be a great place to pick up uh, one of these excellent wide receivers. And uh, I read that they had Jalen
2: Strong in for a workout recently, so that could be interesting. Speaking of receivers available at number 22, DJ, on this latest mock draft at number
1: 26,
2: we have Rashard Perryman going. What's the rationale behind him moving into the first round there?
1: Uh, it's, it's all about speed. And someone's going to take a chance. So this is a guy who's just got the blinding speed. He's got the lineage. We talk so much about players who come from that uh, the NFL history who've had fathers who've played the NFL, which uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, remember Brett Perryman, who was number two the Herman Moore for many years. Great combo there in, in Detroit. Rashard Perryman has the size. He's... He's shown flashes. He's uh, been a little bit injury-prone, but, but he's got a good skill set. But anyone throwing up, you know, 4 two fours 4s uh, and he's done it on a, in a couple of runs, you know, th- that's always going to turn a team on. Uh, is he going to be able to uh, run more precise routes and not just be a, kind of a fly, uh, go, down the, go down the field and play wide receiver? That remains to be seen, but he's got, uh, again, got the lineage, got a good, uh, good size to him. So I think someone takes a chance on him in the first round. Could be as early as Miami, but I think, uh, I think Miami's got its sights set on Devontae Parker if he's still on the board. Seems to be a good match. They've had him in three times already.
2: Well, Zach, if right now Jalen Strong, we have projected at 20 to Philadelphia, and DJ, we'll get back to that. But at 22 to Pittsburgh, the next wide receiver is Perriman. How would you feel about your Steelers picking him?
0: That's not how the Steelers draft. They draft the best player available. And if they like Todd Gurley and Todd Gurley's available, even though they're stacked running back, they'll do something like draft Todd Gurley. So it's really who they value the most. But I think they need to go on defense because defense, they're such a mystery this year. And I agree. DJ. They
1: take a lot of the best, the best players available. And that's why I actually have them with Landon Collins currently. I think he's going to fly it a little bit. You mentioned with uh, some of the, the big names that have retired there, I think that could be the Troy Palamala replacement, Landon Collins. Uh, and, and if they take any type of receiving target, uh, again, I think there's going to be that that uh, that market's going to be there for Max Williams at the end of round one. Uh, at some point, I think the Steelers take a tight end probably in the mid to late rounds. But if they think that again, best player available, teams are going to be clamoring for him. If they think uh, that, if that uh, prospect it could be, you know, the Heath Miller replacement in the long term, uh, Max Williams could be kind of a, a little more surprise pick for the Steelers. And real quickly, get uh, Jalen Strong is going to be very interesting because. This wrist injury has just surfaced about Jalen Strong, so this is going to be how serious it's going to be. It's one of those injuries where they're really not going to know how serious it is until they go in and actually do the surgery. And there's even some some talk now that the fact that he's opened up about this, and I think teams really like the fact that he's kind of disclosed this and didn't have to, that he's pretty much went out there and said, look, if they go in and they, they think that this is going to be a long-term injury, I'm going to play through the season with it, and we'll worry about it next year. Uh, so this is actually going to be really interesting as far as this injury situation. Strong could, uh, he can really drop or he could kind of stay in that first round and, and see if he stays true to his word and just, just how serious or it could be kind of minor. It's one of those things like uh turf toe. You kind of never know. Uh, it's, an, it's a ligament, uh, a ligament injury that, that could be a little more severe. So Galen Strong's going to be one of these first round wild cards now. So
2: guys, um, out of the first 10, 10- Picks in this draft, usually in every draft there's there's one team that I'm really excited for who I think just had a bad year, and with their first and second and third and fourth round picks, they could just turn the page that easily DJ, i think i think for you that Tampa Bay, but I'd like to hear if that's still the case and right, we'll move it to the top top twelve out of the top twelve teams, which teams do you think with a really good draft where they're, you know, filling needs, but also getting the best available players
1: could make the move to the playoffs next year. You hit it on the head. I think it is Tampa Bay. It's not just that they had the first overall pick. Uh, Not that I'm saying that, you know, that was a very weak division. I think with a couple of breaks, anyone was really uh, in the kind of in the hunt for that uh, before Carolina kind of really took to winning about the last three, four games down the stretch and put the division away per se, but you look, I mean, Tampa's not a great team, but I can't remember a team picking first overall in the last 10 years that I thought had a better roster than Tampa Bay. You put in a Lovey Smith who's got the, you know, some big game experience there has been around is seems to be a, a pretty good fit there ample with a couple of moves. I They're competitive in that division. They're definitely competitive. And I, you know, it starts at the quarterback position uh, solidifying that offensive line the defense is really not that bad. Unfortunately, they were just on the field way too long last year. Their offense was unable to keep that defense off the field. We saw them tire uh, a lot later in games and uh, just a little more depth on defense. But just having the ball three or four minutes more a game could go a long way. I-, I think Tampa's pretty close.
2: So we have them taking, with the latest mock draft, Jameis Winston, number one. Jake Fisher, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, who we've talked a lot about. Jakeski, hard the Safety at the Stanford. Quandre Diggs, the cornerback out of Texas. And then as we go down, uh, we might make some adjustments. But Cam Thomas, cornerback out of Western Kentucky. Nick O'Leary, the tight end out of Florida State. John Miller, guard out of Louisville. Anthony Chiquillo, the defensive end out of Miami. Jack, what do you think about that draft for Tampa Bay?
0: Uh I like it a lot as long as you make sure you get uh Winston right off the bat. Like DJ said, it was a very weak division and
2: uh this is
0: uh a very, very promising young team and when you have Mike Evans Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, I feel like a quarterback like James Winston can flourish. I like pairing Nick O'Leary with him. Uh I'm not as high on Fisher as a lot of people are, but uh uh I'm never against gar- uh drafting tackle, especially when you draft a rookie quarterback. But if I had to pick a team in the top 12 that I'd be interested in, it'd be Cleveland. Because I think the whole division is going to be rebuilding to some extent, except for maybe the Bengals. And uh, they got two first-round picks, and they pick pick again pretty early in the second round, 43rd overall. So they got three picks in the first 43. It's interesting, the whole Manziel situation, losing Josh Gordon. I mean, they really need to, uh, to... Draft some very serviceable players that could step up, especially after last year when uh, Ray Farmer drafted Manziel and Justin Gilbert and both of them were definitely considered not only flops, but borderline detriment to the locker room. So, uh, I mean, this is a do or die year for him. So, uh, you gotta think that they're gonna try to, try to play it safe. I don't know if you could draft another wide receiver. I mean, not draft another quarterback in the first 43. So, I mean, that's a team obviously being a Steelers fan, an aficionado of the AFC North that I will keep a close eye on.
2: DJ, the Cleveland Browns, which Zach just mentioned. In the latest mock, we have Danny Shelton, defensive tackle out of Washington, going 12. Shane Ray, the outside linebacker out of Missouri, going 19 to them. Doriel Green Beckham, wide receiver, Oklahoma, and the safety out of Mississippi. Cody Pruitt in the third round, followed by Quan Alexander, the outside linebacker LSU, and Henry Anderson, the defensive end out of Stanford, A couple tight ends, a running back, and a defensive tackle. Um, Now, we've had one person email us to say Cleveland would be crazy and we're crazy for putting Doriel Green Beckham after the experience they've had with Josh Gordon. What do you think would be the chances that they actually do take a player like Doriel Green Beckham who has some character issues?
1: I think you can see both sides of the fence uh, because as a fan you would be – we just went through this. Why would we do this? We had a player that, in Josh Gordon, who there were questions about him, obviously, in college. And then, you know, there were questions when he came to the NFL. The production was there. And and kind of gave them a little bit of a longer leash. And, unfortunately, that leash is probably just broken, ultimately. And, and then a player like Beckham, you know, the, the same questions are there. But as far from a talent level, going into the season, he was the number one wide receiver on my board for this draft. He was the only wide receiver I had in the top 10 overall. Again, you're talking about a guy who's close to six foot five and was a high school 100 champion in, in the state of Missouri. That is, it's ridiculous to have that size and that speed. And you're talking about a guy that that's playing at you know 225 to 230 built, almost like a small tight end. So you can see both sides of the fence because it's hard to imagine, especially with not only what they've gone through with Josh Gordon, but the circus that's gone on with with Johnny Manziel but at the same time he's been in for two visits with the Browns and and this is more than just child's play this is I'd say if I had to say five teams that probably has expressed the most interest in Beckham from the outside looking in as far as contact the Browns are on that list so might not be that the the team that he winds up with but to say they're not interested it from an outside point point, you can say it doesn't make sense but they've talked to him Uh, they seem to to like what what he has to offer, so they could be going to the well again.
2: Zach, how do you feel about that draft? Shelton, Ray, Greenbeckham, Pruitt, Quan Alexander, Henry Anderson, EJ Bibbs, Ozo from Auburn, David Cobb, the running back out of Minnesota, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State, Caleb Eulis. What what do you think about that draft for Cleveland?
0: Uh, I love Cobb. I like that they really have a power running game, and him and Crowell would be you know, pretty bruising force together. I really like what DJ did in the first round with uh, Shelton and Ray, because especially if Ray's there at 19, and I'm assuming Shelton will be there at 12, that's just, that's non-sexy picks, and they need to strengthen their front seven. And uh that'll, that, dropping those guys will make life easier on Barcubius Mango. And the fact that with last year, in terms of character, it'll be hard to say that he won't be looking at character a little more closely than he did last year, and that's why, obviously, I'm biased. Even though I, I mean I don't want the Browns again because I think he's going to be a very very good pro player. I, Devin Smith would be. I mean he's from Ohio. He's from right outside Cleveland. I think uh he would be perfect. But if you if you like Beckham, he's he's too much to pass up because especially if you have somebody playing quarterback like McNown or Manziel, who both were used to somebody like Mike Evans. He's he's cut from similar cloth. But I just see too much uh, Mike. well, you asked Doriel Williams and Doriel
2: Green Beckham? So That's a good comparison. So, out of some of the other teams, we've talked about a lot of teams throughout all these podcasts. But what are some that we've ignored a little bit, Zach? That you'd potentially like to talk about more?
0: I feel like a lot of people have been ignoring the Bears, and they're a very interesting team because they're gonna they put together, I think, might, what might be the best coaching staff in football. Uh The Giants we're picking in the top ten, and I think next year it will be a a big-time player in the uh, the NFC East, and then uh, the Rams. And I- I'm very interested to see where the Rams go, especially because it's a deep, deep class in terms of pass catchers, and I think that's something that they need to address.
2: Okay, well, let's uh, let's start with the Rams. Um, right now, their draft, we have Arik Flowers from Miami, the offensive tackle, Brent Humley, the quarterback out of UCLA, Philip Dorsett, the wide receiver out of Miami, B.J. Finley, a center, and two defensive tackles, uh Louis uh Louis Trinka Passat out of Iowa and Charles Tawaiya out of Texas A and M Commerce. Uh what do you think about that draft of them?
0: I think that if if Trey Wayans is there, that's somebody that they, they should draft and I think that with with a good cornerback that defense <laughs> could become elite if they're not already elite. And then I think uh especially when you just got Nick Foles, um I, and I, I just personally don't like Hunley as a recruit, especially with such a deep receiver class, and there, there'll be so many receivers available when they're picking in the second
1: round, that you got to go some sort of task catcher in, in the in the second round. Yeah. I'm glad that was the third team you mentioned, because if you'd have posed the same question to me, the Rams would have been the, the first team I came up with, because I, you just look at the 49ers, you look at the Cardinals, I think they're... You know, that's a division that's been very competitive, and I think those are two teams near the top that I think, unfortunately, are probably going in the wrong direction. Had the Rams played in a division other than the NFC West, they may have made the playoffs in, in each of the last two seasons. I think they're they're vastly improved, and I think now the tables are kind of turning. They're on the upswing where some of those teams that have been above them are kind of moving down. So, you know, one can even say, you know, there's, there's some uncertainty with Seattle and how they're going to rebound after – you know, that Super Bowl loss, I, I still think they're a very competitive team and probably the, the, the class of the NFC, but it's not a sure-fire kind of lock like it was last year. So the Rams are poised to make some noise, and you really like what they've done on defense. They're starting to build that offensive line. You how know, Greg Robinson transitions from guard to the tackle spot. Trey Mason seemed to respond and get that strong running game there. So as long as they just have some good, consistent play at quarterback, they're not turning the ball over couple more big play threats uh, on offense. This is a team that could easily win 10 games next year and, and make the playoffs, so really like what they do. And, and again, it did, didn't just work out in the last mock, but Trey went, it kind of came down with me between Trey Waynes and taking an offensive uh, uh, tackle there. And uh, Waynes actually went uh, number 11 in our latest mock, but I kind of wrestled with that one. He can definitely go uh, to the Rams. Uh, I think those are the two places they'd be looking at most to be either a big-time cornerback or another lineman that they can really kind of plug in there and uh, set that line for, for years to come because they've got a lot of good young talent along the line, and they've got more depth than what they've had at that position uh, probably in the last four or five years.
2: All right, well, let's look at their roster right now. I mean, because when you look at their defense along their line, they've, on the outside they've Chris Long and Robert Quinn, uh, who we know have played exceptionally well at different points in their short career so far. Uh at defensive tackle they have Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, who had an exceptional uh year, and Nick Fairley they signed as well. They have Ethan Westbrook who can kinda of play in between the two positions. They have Doug Worthington, who I know Zach, you probably remember, William Hayes. Okay. And then at linebacker they have uh obviously they have Larnitis and Alex Ogletree, who are two of the best linebackers in the league, and then they signed Akeem Ayers, who had a resurgence with New Orleans. So they're pretty set in their in their, um, in their front seven. And then in the secondary, they have Janoris Jenkins at corner. They have E.J. Gaines, Tremaine Johnson, who they seem to like, who's a nice, big, tall corner. Marcus Joyner, who really fell a lot because of his size, but had a great career at Florida State and could could do well in the NFL. And then... At safety they have T J McDonald who who played exceptionally well for them, Rodney McLeod, and they trade for Mark Barron. So out of all those positions, Zach, you still feel uh cornerback is is the most needed?
0: Yeah, definitely cornerback. Uh Janoris Jenkins is
2: is the
0: bona fide starting cornerback there, but uh, apart from him, I mean Trey Wayne should be a step up from from anybody being a rookie cornerback cornerback in the NFL is never easy, but when you have a five-man rotation on the defense line like they have, I mean, the quarterbacks that they play are not going to have much time to get rid of the ball. And I think getting an, an a really, really, really good cornerback in a passing league where they're already very thin to the corner position would boost this defense to being very, very, very good to maybe elite.
2: Let's look at the Giants draft because that was another team you mentioned. Uh, right now we have them taking Brennan Scherf. With their ninth pick, Preston Smith, the defensive end out of Mississippi State. Anthony Harris, the safety out of Virginia. Kevin White, the other Kevin White, cornerback out of TCU. Shane Cardin, DJ's man, quarterback out of East Carolina. Grady Jarrett, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Blaine Clauzel, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. And Darren Waller, the wide receiver out of Georgia Tech. DJ, you want to go through um, some of the thought process here?
1: Uh, a couple of different areas where they could go. Uh, really, I think the Giants, there's so many needs there. And with the teams picking in front of them, I, I think of you look at the teams in the top 10 and, and think of maybe some of the ones that are most likely to trade back. I think it could be the Giants. The other possibility here is maybe they're a team that goes for Landon Collins. I think he's the guy that's going to slide a little bit. And, and looking at this, I think the Giants think that maybe. You know They've made a lot of picks along the line, but again, they've seen what the Cowboys were able to do with three of their four uh, first picks in the last four drafts, obviously, being along the line, and the Cowboys went from having one of the worst lines to arguably maybe the best in the NFC last year. Uh, I think that's something kind of the Giants have tried to model recently. A lot of, you know, they've got some good prospects there, but it looks like there's going to be some shifting there with uh, Weston Richburg, maybe going back to that natural center position, or maybe playing... Guard, as, as well as Justin Pugh, who looks like more of a guard by the tackle that he was uh, a position that he played more at Syracuse. So I, I think that maybe kind of opens up uh, to be another tackle position. Or again, Brandon Sheriff, a guy who we're saying is kind of that tweener between tackle and guard, that looks to be a very good prospect. But again, I, I could definitely see them uh, going for uh, Landon Collins, and kind of uh, trading back and getting him a little bit later. Or you know if they trade back, it could possibly be a wide receiver because yes, we saw even though they took Odell Beckham last year and you know he had a, you know fantastic, uh, a fantastic season and looks to be one of the, the great young stars of the NFL level. There's really still a lot of questions about Victor Cruz and what's going to happen when he returns and how healthy he's going to be. So getting another young wide receiver with Victor Cruz in a uh, in a in a draft where the first two rounds I think we're going to see a lot of wide receivers taken that could be an area where the Giants go as well. Yeah, well,
2: don't forget about Ruben Randall. I think if they got another pass catcher, you know, perhaps that tight end, a, a guy like uh, Devin Funches, maybe a hybrid wide receiver tight end, might be a, a good play there as well. Zach, what were you thinking about all those picks in our mock, latest mock draft? Uh, I like the fact uh, they go and uh, address the offensive
0: line, but I think they uh, probably could also use a pass rusher and and. Mm-hmm. If somebody's there that they're in love with, whether it be Bud Dupree or uh Randy Gregory, Shane Ray, perhaps maybe they go and get them. Uh, but also, I think Trey Wayans is is a really good prospect, and I, I think that he reminds me of a player that the Giants would draft. Just all around good. He reminds me of, like a, like a better version of Aaron Ross when they when they drafted Aaron Ross. So I mean I wouldn't be surprised if, I, as you can tell, I really I really like Trey Wayne's, and uh, I think that they can pass on, on getting a wide receiver even if they had the slightest inclination of getting wide receiver in the first two rounds because it's such a deep class, and since they'll be also picking early in the second round, there's a good chance somebody that is serviceable and could be a potential starter is there.
2: Well, I think when you look at their defense, it certainly changed throughout the years. What, what used to be a dominant uh, defensive end position where they didn't know what to do with guys. Now they're now they're a little short on change. They have Jason Pierre Paul still, of course. And DeMontre Moore, who actually played quite well for them last year. Um, they signed George Selby who, you know, could do some damage for them, Robert Ayers. But it's certainly not as strong as it used to be. Their defensive tackle position Got stronger with Kendrick Ellis. Uh, they have Jonathan Hankins too, and Colin Jenkins, uh, Mike Patterson, I should say. But might they go along the line, DJ?
1: Well, it's a, it's a possibility. I think there's some other areas where they could benefit from having uh, some good young talent. Maybe that that might be a position for a little more depth. But I could definitely see cornerback as well. Uh, this is. Uh, you know they, they they seem to get uh, be susceptible to kind of big plays, uh, the the safety sometimes they take a there's a lot of gambling that's going on with with uh, the defense and what they kind of do there. So you, there's just a number of positions. I, I just I just really feel that it's more kind of a, if there's a team that I see in the top ten that could trade back, it could be the Giants because there's a number of areas where they could go, but there doesn't seem to be that one player that we see that to me, that just says, yeah, the Giants are definitely going to take him in the number nine position. I think that they they could really benefit from getting a couple more picks and, and trying to fill that roster with as much good young talent as possible. Unless something changes over the next week, there doesn't seem to be that just one player on the radar. It may have been Randy Gregory, but again, they, I, I think they're one of the teams that may have been scared off. I, I think right now, if there's any team that really looks like a lock for Randy Gregory, it really seems to be the 49ers I think are really, really hopeful that he's still around for him at 15. I think that would be a good fit for him because, you know, all the, the players that they've lost on defense, whether it be to uh, early retirement or, you know, some some contract, some contractual situations, uh, as well as, uh, you know, just players that are just aging. I think that he would really have a chance to blossom in San Francisco and really kind of make more of an impact right out of the gate.
2: let's talk about the Niners real quick. Um, Right now in their draft, we have Eric Armstead, the defensive end out of Oregon. Jacoby Glenn, the cornerback out of Central Florida. Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver out of USC. Donovan Smith, the offensive tackle out of Penn State. Trey Flowers, defensive end out of Arkansas. Jory Mubu, the defensive tackle out of Houston. Neville Hewitt, the outside linebacker out of Marshall. Multiple award winner for DJ's end-of-year awards. James Castleman, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. Marcus Murphy, the running back out of Missouri. Zach, is this draft going to stop San Francisco's free fall?
0: don't think San Francisco's in much trouble as a lot of people think that they are. Uh, they've had so many draft picks over the last few years that there's going to be a bunch of people that step in that you you kind of forgot that San Francisco drafted because I think over like the last three years, they might have had the most draft picks in the first four rounds. But uh I like what we have them doing in the first round. I would think that they would be tempted to get another running back, but I was reading today that they're very happy with Carlos Hyde, who came in 10 pounds lighter. Reggie Bush seems like he's going to be an excellent, um, third down back. But I think in the second round is where they target a middle linebacker because with Patrick Willis retiring and Chris Borland retiring, I mean, they are very dangerously thin at that position. And that's something that I think they need to address definitely in the second, if not both in the second and third round because they are they, they really don't have anybody.
1: Oh, well, obviously, I think middle linebacker is going to be an area where they're going to look at some point. A player like Taiwan Jones—he's uh, a little bit slower, but a, a very sure tackler out of Michigan State. They've had him in recently. I think Armstead is a good player because, again, uh, I'm not quite as high on him, but again, there, there's just so much potential there. He's a guy that I could kind of see maybe being a bust, but at the same time, he's got so much potential he could be kind of one of those diamonds in the rough. He's there. Maybe one of the three or four picks that I think the the window is so large on this guy, boom or bust, where it's just such a large, vast difference. Where it could all depend on the coaching and if he gets in the right system. But again, if he gets in a bad, bad kind of a system, I, I could definitely see him uh, winding up kind of being a bus. So, uh, but but uh, with with multiple needs along that front seven, I think a team like San Francisco would offer enough flexibility where I think he would be able to thrive. I think maybe this is a team and you got to wonder about the, the quarterback position as well. There's been a lot of talk about you know, Colin Kaepernick and maybe if he would be on the move, what, what's actually going to happen now with uh, Jim Harbaugh not being there? Is that just uh, kind of a, more of a fit for that particular coach or what the, the fit's going to be going in with a, new, with a new coaching regime now? So maybe there'd be some thoughts uh, about a quarterback maybe somewhere later in, in, the, in the rounds of the draft or if they kind of go for someone experienced or try and make a play, whether it's someone that's cut from somewhere or make a deal at some point to offer some depth at the position. So I don't think we had them taking a quarterback in the latest mock, but we've had them going, I'd say, in the middle the later rounds, at least drafting someone at that position. And I could see San Francisco uh, for a while there, uh, and one guy they seem to have had in a couple times, they seem to like a player like Jake Waters, uh, who I think uh, is kind of one of the more unheralded, prospects a little bit undersized that uh, i think could find a home maybe he's a guy that's on a practice squad for a year or two and kind of pops up and offers you know some some much needed depth on a team and and maybe it's kind of one of those those guys that'll pop up in a couple of years and everyone kind of wonders how he kind of flew under the radar uh waters i think is is a player that, that could be maybe that type of guy that san francisco takes a look at in the later rounds well, looking at
2: San Francisco's roster, Zach, you bring up their last few drafts, and you are right in that they do have a lot of depth in areas that people don't really expect. A couple of guys they drafted in the last few years who are coming back from injury or are ready to shine. Tank Carradine, the out of Florida State, uh, he can potentially pick up where Justin Smith will eventually leave off. Uh, Tony Gerard-Eddie, Played pretty well along that line. A couple of guys on the linebacker position. Besides Navarro Ballman who will be coming back, and besides uh, Alden Smith, well, they also have Corey LeManiere out of Auburn. I was a big fan of him coming out of uh, Auburn. And Aaron Lynch, the linebacker, outside linebacker out of South Florida, is another potential prospect. And then there's a couple, I think they were on draft or maybe they were late round picks. Shane Skov. The linebacker at Stanford, uh, he's got as much potential as anyone else. And Chase Thomas, the other linebacker at Stanford, both those guys, I was big fans coming into the draft. I had a feeling they'd go to the 49ers because of Harbo. And um, I think if given the opportunity, they could have a Chris Borland-like uh, impact on that team. So I think they're in a little better shape than people think. They did – uh, signed Darnell Dockett and Glenn Dorsey along the line. They still in Williams. In the secondary at the safety position, their last two first round picks were Jimmy Ward and um and Eric Reed. Eric Reed And Eric Reed's shown a lot, so I think they're pretty well set there. And I think it's in the cornerback position where they might be lacking a little bit. I mean it looks like their best corner is Chris Cook, Terrain Brock, or Sharice Wright? Sharice
0: Wright isn't bad.
2: So I, I think that's another position in my mind that I think they can go. All...
0: I think it's uh, also, you got to keep in mind, that they're going to be losing Vic Fangio, who is about as good as the defense coordinator the last few years as you can, can find. Uh, and then uh, I know Harbaugh was a little bit of a psycho, is what people have, have been saying today. But it's still tough to, uh, to transition, even if... The coach was hired in-house. I think they're a lot better at receiver than the people give them credit for. S- signing Tory Smith, keeping Anquan Bolden, that's literally the receiving core that won the Super Bowl that beat them in the Super Bowl. Those were the, the two starting wide receivers. And then Quentin, Quentin Patton and uh, Bruce Ellington are two guys that haven't really made a lot of noise yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they both have much better years.
2: Yeah, watch out for Lance Lewis, too, if he makes the roster. I remember him out of East Carolina having productive seasons oh, there, so...
0: I think uh, Jerome Simpson makes the, the roster over him.
2: I think mean, Jerome Simpson's been teasing teams for a lot of years, but let's go on to the other team that you mentioned, Zach, and that's the Chicago Bears. We have them taking Kevin White, number seven, out of West Virginia, the wide receiver. Jalen Collins, the cornerback out of LSU. Paul Dawson, the outside linebacker out of TCU. Sean Mannion, who I know you guys love, the corner quarter, quarterback out of Oregon State. Another cornerback out of Oregon State, that's Steven Nelson, and Shaquille Riddick, the outside linebacker out of West Virginia. DJ, you want to talk about the Bears and how all those picks fit into their team, or whether or not they could make the playoffs next year with them?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a tall order to make the playoffs just because I think uh, that they're in a very, very competitive division there, but you know, defense is going to be what is needed more than anything. Again, uh, last season they gave up the second most amount of points in franchise history. The only year they gave up more was the, the year before. For the last two years, uh, you know, they've just given up just so many points. It's just the fact that the scoring dropped off dramatically last year. And I think defense is kind of seen as more of an Achilles' heel than it had been before. But, again, taking that receiver kind of early, again, they, they want that kind of big body. They did give up. Uh, Brandon Marshall, obviously, he's been on the move, so someone to pair with. Alshon Jeffrey, it looks like they're going to take the, one of the receivers is going to be available. It, it's going to be Amari Cooper or Kevin White that's going to be available that probably gets past the Raiders. It looks like the Raiders take Cooper. I think here they take White, and then they they realize that they can kind of concentrate on, on defense. But again, we did have them with Mannion, a, a guy who I think would kind of fit their, uh, fit what they're looking for, a big prospect that, that I think has, has pretty good arm strength as well. Um, and uh, you know, just just some just a little more overall athleticism. I think sideline to sideline speed is something that just killed the Bears. They just seemed to be a step slower than just the teams that they were they were playing last year. Just seemed to be just teams just seemed to be a whole gear in front of them. Even even, but even some late uh, round picks. I mean, you mentioned Shaquille Riddick, a, a guy that I really really liked. Uh, he transferred to West Virginia last year. He played at Garner Webb. Was looked to be one of the uh, better uh, prospects outside of the, the FBS level, and, and he, he did perform very well. He kind of started the season as more of a situational pass rusher and kind of worked his way into the starting lineup at West Virginia and, and really uh, really played well. So I think that there's there's some gems that, that they'll just kind of go for overall athleticism. Uh, they just really need to get more speed on that defense. there's a team that, that I look at in the NFC that just needs more team speed, just overall speed, it's got to be the Bears. Uh
0: the Bears are a team that uh I think picking seventh overall, they're they're not gonna draft a wide receiver in the first round. They have way too many needs on defense. Uh they're switching schematically. They addressed an outside pass rush when they got Pernell McPhee. I'm skeptical that Jared Allen could play an outside linebacker in a three four. I think they gotta go somebody like Armstead, maybe if they fall in love with him or, or Danny Shelton and try to get a wide receiver in the second round. But There's still a little bit of a rumor out there that they they could trade Jay Cutler, maybe to Tennessee, so that's just something to keep an eye on.
1: DJ, anything else you want to talk about tonight? No, I think we were trying to keep it a little shorter, and I think that uh, we've covered just about everything. I think maybe we'll get to some of the teams and some of the hot rumors leading into the the last week, because next week's going to be the last podcast we have before the draft itself, where we have our big recap show, so... I think we touched upon a lot of big, important topics tonight. So, uh, got a lot of, uh, study in front of us this week and, and make sure that, uh, we bring it next show. It'll be the, in the last one before the big song and dance. And it's uh, fitting that we end with Chicago means that that is where the draft will be this year.
2: Zach, any last words? Uh, yes.
1: Uh, the Buckeyes
0: visited the White House today and Obama wouldn't even say Michigan. He said the team from the north. So, uh, if he was running for a third term, I would vote for him just based on that.
2: Well, Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Thanks for joining us throughout the 25 different podcasts. Keep coming to the site. There's going to be some changes you're going to see this week with the actual NFL Draft page. Uh, we're going to have some new menus. There's going to be more exposure for the user mock draft, so you're going to be able to broadcast them and share them a little bit more, and uh, hopefully... Um, you know, become the next draft site with your mock draft so thanks everyone for coming out and we hope you have a great week I was in the